Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. George, I just wanted to ask if, after you make the trade for Teddy yesterday, was quarterback still in play as the first rounds? It was. Quarterback was in play, definitely. And, uh, you know, the, the board just kind of fell where Sertan was there, and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't pass him up. You know, he was just too talented, too unique, um, too good off the field, too good on the field. You know, I'm familiar with his dad, his family. Um you know, it was a home run for the Broncos to get Patrick Sertan. Would Would you say if he was a top five player on your board? Yeah, I mean, he was close. He was close right there. Um, you know, he's definitely, we thought he was the best defensive player on the board. And I can't remember exactly where he was. But, uh, no, we're... We were surprised he was there, and we're happy that we have him. Yeah, right, George Payton. You can't remember where on your board Patrick Sertan was. Uh, pretty high, obviously. Justin Fields is sitting there for you at number nine, John. Your dream came true. Justin Fields is available at number nine, but they go with Patrick Sertan. He was their top defensive player, and he must have been very, very high on their board to pass up a guy like Fields who slipped to them. What a development on Thursday night. It was so fun to watch that thing kind of play out in real time, watch the reaction on social media, John. But the Broncos pass on fields and draft Patrick Sertan in the first round. What do you think? Yeah, in the moment, I was shocked. Now, I completely accepted it. I I, I even kind of understand it. But in the moment, I was surprised. And the first thing I thought of, I was like, Ryan nailed that. You were spot on. In our pre-draft podcast, you. you exactly predicted they would draft Patrick Sertan. And I was wrong. I've been saying all offseason, I was like, I don't think Fields will be there at nine. I don't think he'll be there at nine. And then he was. And, and the only thing that gives me some consolation about being so wrong is that I think almost everyone assumed if he was there, they would pick him. And then they didn't. So that that makes me feel a little bit better that I feel like almost everybody was off on that, but I think it probably shows this is just me kind of speculating because they haven't said this, but I'm assuming Trey Lance was the quarterback that they really liked, obviously like after Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, however they rated them, but th- they were known to be one and two. So after that, I'm assuming they liked Trey Lance. And then when Lance went number three of the 49ers, they must have not rated Justin Fields very high, or at least comparatively not anywhere close to certain because I think most everyone would agree that if they can upgrade the quarterback position, they should. But I trust that George Payton knows more about QBs than me. And I trust that like they have a plan and like it may not work out, but I understand the logic. Like if he's not their guy, he's not the quarterback they fell in love with in the pre-draft process. And if they did absolutely fall in love with Patrick Sartan and they think for the next decade, he's a lockdown corner. Like I understand that I get that and I don't have a problem with it. And I think it could pay off, especially if the quarterback room changes in, say, like a month or so, if uh, (laughs) something big comes up. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. We'll get to all that. We'll get to all that drama and that noise coming up here in a little bit. Uh, But yeah, on the pick, first of all, yes, I predicted it. And as much as I'd like to take a victory lap, John, I also said that if Justin Fields is on the board, I'm taking Fields. (laughs) So uh, I got to give myself half credit because Fields is on the board. Uh, But Patrick Sertan... He just makes sense in the fact that you've been really building on defense this offseason, right? 
you bring back the whole crew, including Von Miller. You pick up his option. You bring in Kyle Fuller. You've been kind of building on this defensive side of the ball. We've been talking about how this is going to be a dominant unit. You have a chance here at number nine to draft a, a freaking stud. I think Sertan's going to be a star, as I said last week. And I, nothing transforms a defense like a shutdown corner, John. And nothing transforms a defense like a shutdown corner that's going to make $21 million total over the next four years. It's just a good situation for the Broncos, and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't talked about the Bridgewater thing because that – Thing happened right before the draft as well and now you got drew lock and you got teddy bridgewater so there's some competition there but i just still can't believe that justin fields got past the carolina panthers who have sam darnold as their quarterback and they get past the lions with jared goff somehow justin Fields slips all the way to number nine i did not think that was going to happen john and uh but yeah as you said the broncos go defense vic fangio I don't know. It all makes sense. It all it all kind of seems like it's going according to plan that they had for this offseason, but it's still a shocker. Yeah, when they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, I think that shows that, one, they weren't satisfied with going into this year with Drew Locke just being handed the job. Like, he was handed the job last year, and I don't think that was a good thing. I think that maybe they had a hunch. Like, maybe they were like, okay, we think the 49ers are picking Lance at three. And again, I'm just, I'm just assuming. Like, this is just me hypothesizing say they're like okay we think they're going trey lance at three so we're not going to get trey lance in the draft let's trade for teddy bridgewater worst case scenario he pushes drew lock this summer and like makes lock compete and hopefully makes lock uh show some improvement this summer and worst case scenario if lock doesn't show any step forward which hopefully he does but if he didn't make any improvement at all, you got Teddy Bridgewater as a fallback option. And like Bridgewater, he is what he is. He's not like a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. Well, actually, he did make a Pro Bowl, I think, early in his career. But he's not like a star quarterback. But he's a your average middle-of-the-pack QB who is very experienced. He has won some games in the NFL. And before last season, he protected the ball pretty well. And I, I give him a little bit of grace last season because the Panthers were just – a mess. They lost Christian McCaffrey for much of the year. So I think last year was kind of rough. So I give him a little grace for that. Besides last year, he's done a pretty good job not throwing interceptions, not turning the ball over. And I like it because all it cost was a six round pick and the Panthers had to eat like um, well more than half of his salary. So Bridgewater comes to Denver. His cap hit is like four and a half million. And the Broncos, they just recently cut uh, Jeff Driscoll, who was supposed to be their backup quarterback last year, but he was so awful he got supplanted by Brett Rippon. But anyway, Driscoll, his cap hit was like three and a half million or somewhere in that range, and Bridgewater's four and a half million. And like Bridgewater, again, he may not be a star quarterback, but he's a whole lot better option to have as a backup than Jeff Driscoll. So you trade a late round pick for him. You barely have to pay anything to have him. So to me, it's just very low risk. And uh, again, he may not take you to the Super Bowl, but it hardly costs anything. He's going to push Drew Locke. I like that move a lot. It, it doesn't mean Bridgewater is going to the Pro Bowl this year, but I think it's just it's good insurance to have. And what do you think of George Payton's draft overall, right? Obviously, he makes that really fun kind of polarizing decision at pick number nine. He moves up in the second round to get a running back at Javante Williams. You throw up the highlights of him, and he looks like a freaking stud. So that could be a good pick. I love the kid from Wisconsin Whitewater. Third round, yes. pick number 98. Yes. Great value. He was supposed to go way before that. And I, so he kind of fell down boards. I mean, he was like a senior bowl star. Yeah, he didn't play in, I think, that's Division three. 
<laughs> he played Division yeah. three football, but he he looks like a really promising kid. I like that. And then obviously, yeah, you sprinkle in some offensive players, uh, but you still got safety, linebacker, edge. Uh, you know, so Peyton's clearly targeting that defense with Vic Fangio, but still sprinkling in some really high-end offense picks as well, right? I mean, I thought it was an, a fascinating draft. They come away with 10 players. What did you think about it overall, John? Yeah, overall, I like the class a lot. I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't come out of it with an offensive tackle, but I think that just shows that they really stuck to their board and they didn't want to reach for people. Like Peyton said after the draft that there were some tackles that they liked, that just kept going a couple picks before their pick and they didn't want it. Like if say they're in the fourth round or the fifth round and there's a guy that they have like a six round grade on, they're not going to pick him then because they don't want to reach for guys. So like I understand them sticking to the board and I like that. And it's, it would be ideal if they could have got a young tackle, but uh, not reaching for someone I feel like is better than trying to fill every single need in the draft. And, And I like how you mentioned trading up for the running back. Like, Pro Football Focus had him as the number one running back. Uh, Touchdown Wire, they had him as the number one running back. But that went to the consensus. I feel like the consensus, most people thought uh, Harris and ETN were the top two running backs. And and that makes sense because they were the two guys that went in the first round. So I feel like it's fair to say Williams was viewed as the third best running back. But like third best running back is still a very good running back. And I think it's very important to note that uh, because he was in a shared backfield in, at North Carolina, he split touches with another guy. And ETN and Harris, both of them had double the amount of touches as Williams in college. And I feel like for a running back, that's really notable because he's got less wear on his tires. Like that might be able to help him prolong his career, especially this year. He's going to be sharing carries with Melvin Gordon. Hopefully that'll keep both of them really fresh. And then if they don't uh, re-sign Gordon next year when he becomes a free agent, Williams will have a year of experience under his belt in the NFL. He won't have a ton of carries from college. He won't have been running to the ground this year. So next year and then going forward, he can be a real workhorse and they can bring in someone else to take off some of the load. So I know some people didn't love trading up to get a running back because it took away their fourth round pick. But then after that, they did they worked the board a little bit and did some trades and they ended up with two third round picks. And I, to me, I'm like, if you get two third round players, especially when they're players that uh, kind of fell a little bit and some people thought could have been in the second round, I'll take two third round guys and not have a fourth round pick. Like that's no problem with me. And, and if some people may not want to trade up and take a running back early, but like I said, if you get the third best running back who some people had as the best running back and he doesn't have a lot of wear on his tires, like, to me, I've got no problem with that. So I like the Williams pick. I like the class overall. And, like, of course, quarterback is the uncertainty. And a lot of people, when they're giving the Broncos class a grade, they've kind of been putting a stipulation that, like, yeah, these individual players are great, but the Broncos are still uncertain at the quarterback position. So some graders are kind of dinging them for that. But I don't mind if we give Drew Locke, like, one last shot. Like, it would be great if we could upgrade the position, but if we can't, I don't think it's the absolute end of the world to stick with Locke. Uh, after I say all of that, I think the QB room, there's a possibility that it could be changing anyway. So we'll see what comes up with that. Yeah, it's a good little segue. So somehow there was a story in the NFL that was bigger than the draft on Thursday. And uh, it involved the Broncos, and it was wild, and it was crazy. And we'll get to all that coming up next. 
All right, John. So Thursday was so much fun, not only because the draft and everything that happened, and it was just the draft was such a great time on social media, Twitter, seeing the reaction, seeing the Cowboys Twitter melt down after the Broncos took their guy at number nine. That was just tremendous. Um, but part of the great theater was Aaron Rodgers and this thing with the Packers. And this is real. Uh, this is it seems like a divorce is coming between Green Bay and their star quarterback, the reigning MVP. And oh, by the way, it sounds like the Broncos are one of the front runners to get him. So Broncos Twitter feels a certain way about Aaron Rodgers potentially coming to the mile high. What were you thinking about this getting ready for the draft and all of a sudden this kind of drops on Thursday right beforehand? Yeah, I got a draft ready to go on Broncos where I wrote up as if they had traded for him to get <laughs> so it ready good. to publish. Because, so good. because like four or five guys, like people that I work with now or used to work with, like they message me like on Slack, on Twitter, text message, like multiple people all message me. And they basically all said along the same lines that they know someone that's connected that thought it was going down during the draft or leading up to the draft. And I was like, holy cow. I was like, with all this smoke, I feel like there's fire. And then obviously it didn't happen. The Broncos didn't trade for him during the draft. And then the next day, I think it was NFL Network, they reported that uh, the Broncos, they considered like trading down to accumulate picks to put a trade package together, the trade for Rodgers. But then they got wind that the Packers wouldn't even entertain the idea. So then they just went back to doing the draft as normal and just kind of gave up on the Rogers situation for the moment. And then uh, Mike Kliss and others put out uh, the Broncos are not actively talking to the Packers. And it's like, yeah, okay. They're not actively talking to the Packers, but what was happening a couple minutes ago or an hour ago. So I think it, they definitely, I think they were, there's just so much smoke. I think there has to be fire that there is real interest, but the problem is if the Packers don't give in and agree to trade him. There's nothing they can do about it. And like when people ask George Payton about Aaron Rodgers, he can't even necessarily talk about it because he's under contract with another team. And that team is publicly saying they're not trading him. So it could be considered like tampering. So publicly they have to act like they don't even know who Aaron Rodgers is basically. <laughs> right, right. But privately, I think they are prepared. I won't be surprised at all if they would be willing to trade a ton of picks to the Packers and I think it's something that could happen. Like Rogers, he supposedly threatened retirement. He supposedly wanted the GM fired or still wants the GM fired. And uh, it just seems like the situation is so bad that it has to end in a divorce, either them giving in and agreeing to trade him or retiring and then being released and then going wherever he wants. And if we come to like a uh, June time and mandatory minicamp and he doesn't go to mandatory minicamp, and then we come to late July, August, and he doesn't show up to training camp. And like even September preseason, he's not like if, if he's really serious and if this drags out and he stays away, I think he could force their hand. And if that happens, like you said, it's it sure seems like the Broncos are serious players. So I think this is something that is very real and that is definitely worth keeping an eye on. But the one it just it hurts my heart because I just think ahead and I'm like I just have a bad feeling that either the Packers will fire their GM or Rodgers will get a mega extension or somehow they're going to get over this rough patch just like Russell Wilson earlier in this offseason he had a bad rough patch with the Seahawks and everybody was convinced he was on his way out and it seems like they're over that now so I'm kind of worried that eventually the Packers and Rodgers will work it out and then all this will go away but in the meantime we're going to have hope 
and Rogers is going to give us great content. So I thank him greatly for that. And, you know, fans in Denver, you cannot not get excited because he's literally Peyton Manning 2.0. Like when Peyton Manning arrived in Denver, he was older, but still productive, just like Aaron Rodgers, older, still productive, comes off an MVP season. He's joining a team that has an elite defense, a ton of weapons on offense, good wide receivers, good running backs, a good tight end. Like if you put in a franchise quarterback with the Broncos, like I'm not trying to be sensational. Like I think if you insert Aaron Rodgers in the Broncos roster, they're a Super Bowl contender. Like I seriously believe that. And I think everybody talks about, well, the Chiefs are in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes and even the Chargers have Justin Herbert. I'm just like, who cares? Like even if they don't win the division, which I think they could contend to do, you're going to get the wild card spot. And then when you have Aaron Rodgers and elite defense, like if your defense slows down the offense, the opposing team offense, and Aaron Rodgers scores you however many points he averages as a career, like you're going to have a chance to win some playoff games and you win a couple of playoff games and then you're in the Super Bowl. And then Peyton Manning wins his second ring. Oh, wait, Aaron Rodgers wins his second ring. <laughs> so I, I just think it could be Peyton Manning all over again. It would just be so awesome. It's got to happen. But I'm just worried that the Packers and him might work it out. So after that long rant, what do you think about it? <laughs> it was perfect. I mean, I think I can hear the excitement and the hope in your voice, John. And I think you reflect a lot of Broncos fans on Twitter. I was kind of carving through uh, social media and uh, you know trying to get the pulse of the of Broncos country on this. And I think everybody wants Rodgers. And uh, are you ready for my big take? I have a I have a scorching hot take about Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. And my yeah, take is yeah, my take is I don't want him. Uh, So uh, I'm sorry to say I don't want him. And I I agree with you. uh, It's easy to compare him to Peyton Manning, but there's one big difference, right? And that's that Peyton Manning came over as a free agent. And I just think giving up three future first round, whatever it's going to be, all the future assets to get Rodgers and to bring him in at 37 years old to basically be your GM and run your team, because that's what he obviously wants to do over in Green Bay. I don't know. I just don't know if I'm doing yeah. it. I think I like. Oh, oh! Before, hey, John, let me spit this out. Go um, ahead. Because <laughs> uh, I, I know this is this is killing you to hear to hear me say this. Um, but I just feel like I kind of like what you're doing. I kind of like what the Broncos have going on. You just brought in Bridgewater. Let's see how that thing plays out. Let's let the defense develop. You've really stacked that side of the ball. I kind of like the momentum you have going, and you kill your future drafts. Get rid of first-round picks to bring in Rodgers at 37 when, oh, by the way, yeah, he's the reigning MVP. He's great, but he's 11-8 and eight as a starter in the playoffs. I'm sorry, he's 1-4 in the NFC Championship game, and I question where his heart is. I think he wants to host Jeopardy. I'm sorry. So I I don't know if I want this guy. I don't. I understand the comparison to Peyton Manning because, as you framed it, John, it, it makes a ton of sense when you, when you put it side-by-side. Side. Peyton Manning came over as a free agent, and he was a football psychopath. And for me, Peyton Manning made a lot more sense than Rodgers. I don't know if I don't know where Rodgers' heart heart is right now. He seems like a pain in the ass. I'm out on Rodgers. I don't want him. What you don't think if the Packers agree to trade him and he has such this bitter stare down with him that not just like Tom Brady say, okay, now I'm divorced from you. I'm going to prove I don't need you. I'm going to win without you. I'm going to win a Super Bowl without you. Like even if his as you say his heart's not in it as much as like a Peyton Manning. Like I feel like there's. A motivation to say, okay, 
I'm mad at you, and I'm going to show you that I am the guy that should run the show. And if you let me run the show, I'm taking you to the Super Bowl, just like I'm doing with the Broncos right now, just like Tom Brady did with the Buccaneers. And how old is Tom Brady? Like, isn't he like four or five years older? He's like older? 75 or something, and he's still winning Super yeah, Bowls. Yeah, he's, he's a couple years older than Aaron Rodgers. Are you so comparing like, Rodgers and Brady? Come on, John. Don't make that mistake. Well, listen, I'm not saying that Rodgers, his body is going to hold up perfectly as long as Brady's body. And I'm not going to say that he's the exact same quarterback as Brady, but I'm just saying like there's a blueprint for quarterbacks if they stay healthy, which Rodgers pretty much has, where they can play a while. Like I think it's legitimate to think Rodgers could have two or three very good years left in him. And you say you're ruining your draft if you trade your next three draft picks I say, like, your next three first-round draft picks, if you have Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter because you have your core on defense, you have your core on offense, you have your uh, franchise quarterback. And, like, if you look at the first-round picks when they had Peyton Manning, like, uh, I think they had three or four first-round picks with Manning. Two of them were a bust. One of them hardly contributed at all. And, like, that doesn't mean that the Broncos' draft picks with Rodgers would be a bust if they had them. I'm just saying, like, when you have a quarterback like that, you can sign a TJ Ward. You can sign an Emmanuel Sanders. You can sign an Aqib Tlaib. You can sign a DeMarcus Ware. Like, the Broncos attracted those guys when they had Manning, and they didn't even have very good draft classes. So if you, I know it would cost a lot to trade for Rogers' contract, but they've managed their salary cap so well, and they have some guys still on rookie contracts who are very manageable for like the next two or three years, which would be like Aaron Rodgers' window. It's crazy to say about a team that won like five games last year, but I think the Broncos kind of have like a win now window this season because next year Von Miller's a free agent. Melvin Gordon's a free agent. Cortland Sutton's a free agent. Bryce Callahan's a free agent. Like there's several key guys that their contracts are going to be up next year. And you don't think Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, like maybe they'll qualify for the playoffs, but you don't think they're taking them to Super Bowl. If you put in Aaron Rodgers, maybe they do go to the Super Bowl with him. And then hopefully they're going to be able to give like Cortland Sutton. Hopefully he's getting an extension, obviously. And hopefully Von Miller can come back and like finish his career as a rotational pass rusher. But I, I just think that they have a window right now. Like there's a couple guys coming free agents next year. If you don't have a franchise quarterback this year, like you're not competing for a Super Bowl. You should be a lot better than last year. And that's good. But like, do you want to be a lot better or do you want to be a contender? So, you know, obviously how I feel. <laughs> you feel you, that is definitely a hot take, Ryan. And I don't it's think a, Broncos fans will be happy with you when this comes no, out. No, they're going to be very upset with me. But I, I'm sorry. I just think I don't, I don't know if Rodgers is Brady and Manning. And I, I'm just not sure if he's that guy. And for me, it's the character thing. Like, I agree with you 100 percent, John. Let's prove it. You know, like, let's prove it. Well, he has a chance to prove it. He has a chance to let Jordan Jordan Lovell never sniff the field. And he has that opportunity in Green Bay. But he apparently doesn't want to play. He's upset about Jordan Love. And, oh, they they moved up to pick a quarterback. Oh, well, I mean, like, he has a chance to do that thing. And instead, he wants the, the GM fired. And uh, if I'm the Broncos, I want to bring him in. I don't know. I don't want to let Aaron Rodgers run my team. It, I, I understand he's a Hall of Famer, but is he that good? I mean, he's won one Super Bowl. I- I think there's probably got to be things behind the scenes. And I don't think it's like 
what just trading up for Jordan Love or tr- drafting Jordan Love with like a first round pick or whatever it was. Like, I don't think it's just like one or two things. Like I f- have a feeling this has been building up for years and just like this happened and this happened. And like the same thing with like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, like the coaches and like the executives were like, okay, we're going to get you more involved. Tell us your input. And then they give them their input and then they go and do something completely different. And like, they may have taken their input into uh, consideration, but they didn't act on it. And so like that disgruntled the quarterbacks, like, okay, if you're going to involve us in the decisions, actually involve us in the decisions. And maybe that's been happening for like several years with Rogers and like Peyton Manning, he kind of ran the team for the Broncos. Like he definitely ran the offense and like he had them basically sign Brandon Stokely and he basically ran Adam Gase's offense. Like Adam Gase needs to write Peyton Manning a thank you note because he got him a couple of jobs in the NFL yeah. because he basically ran his own offense. And like Tom Brady, you don't think that Tom Brady like had a, an influence in the and the Buccaneers signing like Rob Gronkowski? And oh, I think oh no, no, definitely. I, I do, but I think I think had an uh, I think Brady and Manning. I would rather them be the de facto GM. I don't know if I want Rogers being the de facto GM. I just don't okay, know if he's got well, the character of those two. I that's just my think that's semantics then. <laughs> I feel like if it's okay oh, for on. these big-name quarterbacks to say, I want this guy and this guy, but this big-name quarterback to not say it because his personality rubs you the wrong way, I just think that's kind of silly. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's semantics. I think it's scoreboard. Uh, Brady and Manning have done it. Uh, Rodgers hasn't. He just has. He's one and four in the NFC Championship game. He couldn't be. Before, before Peyton Manning arrived in Denver, he had one Super Bowl win, just like Aaron Rodgers. But you're not saying the same thing about Peyton Manning. Yeah, but I just you're right. It it's the character thing. I, I Rogers wants to host Jeopardy. That's what I say. You know, like I said, John, he wants to host Jeopardy. He's yeah, not but Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is hosting Peyton's places. Like it's fine to have <laughs> yeah, other he's, interests. He's retired. Come on. I know, and Aaron Rodgers is going to do that when he's retired. Peyton Manning filmed how many commercials during his career? Like you can do some side things. Not it's not like Aaron Rodgers is hosting it during the season. <laughs> He wants to, um, but no, but so I, I knew this would be an unpopular take with you, which is why I was excited to give it to you. Uh, but this is all going to be a moot point because his new wife wants to be out in, you know, in California or Vegas anyway, John. So the, there's no way she's uh, going to freeze her ass off. In I don't, I don't know about that because I think she actually has a place in Boulder. Oh, here we which go. Is, no, this is, I'm serious. Did no, you know? I believe this, this kind of thing. Like, I didn't notice this. This is good. It's though. only like 30 minutes from Denver. And him uh, or her and Rogers have been seen at like Whole Foods or some uh, store in Boulder like multiple times like this spring. So like I think they're okay with living in Colorado. And I think that like people underestimate I feel like how much family plays into decisions for like players and coaches and stuff in the NFL because I am convinced that if Mike Moonchuck's daughter did not live in Colorado, that he would either be coaching for the Steelers still or he would be retired. Like, I am pretty sure that the Broncos got a Hall of Fame offensive line coach in large part because he wanted to be closer to his daughter. So I feel like the fact that Aaron Rodgers' fiance at least has a, a like part-time home in Colorado, I feel like that is a good thing. Forget about California. Like, in California, in Colorado, you're closer to California than you are in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think she wants she wants out of Wisconsin. That's for sure. I think she's she's you always got to check and on the Colorado. Wife. The is a wife is always place. A yeah, it is. it's a beautiful go. place I've to raise been. a family. Like Peyton Manning still lives there, and he spent most of his playing career in Indiana, and now he lives in Colorado. And a lot of former Broncos players 
who finished their career in Denver and they didn't even spend the most, most of their career with the Broncos, but they just like Colorado so much that they still live there. So I feel like that could be part of the equation. Well, like you said, John, I mean, we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't, I do not want Aaron Rodgers. I like what the Denver Broncos are doing with George Payton. Don't screw it up. Don't bring in this freaking turd in the punch bowl. Don't, you don't need Aaron Rodgers. Oh my you don't need to dip your toe in this thing. But this is, like you said, John, content. Like, as long as this is going to be rumored and as long as this thing's going to go on in the offseason, that's a good thing for us. So we'll just keep, we can keep having this conversation and we can keep seeing how this plays out. And then ultimately, if Rodgers does come to Denver, I agree with you 100%. Line up right there, right alongside with the Chiefs and Bills. They're the they're the Super Bowl contenders in the AFC automatically. I agree with you. I still don't know if I want him. He's an old fart who wants to host Jeopardy. He's kind of a nerd. He wants to host Jeopardy. I don't want him. Ryan, I think you're jealous. As a New England guy, he yeah. can't be Tom Brady. He can't change teams and go win a Super Bowl. You don't want him to have uh, multiple Super Bowl rings, Super Bowl rings with two different teams getting up. Like he's he's not going to have as many rings as Brady. Brady. He's got that down. Yeah, but Rod, I think that Rodgers argument you, was gone I think you've got a ago. little rivalry between Brady and Rodgers, and that, that taints your opinion of him. <laughs> Actually, no, it was more Manning. <laughs> Manning Brady was scarier than Rodgers. He just doesn't, he doesn't have that thing for me. I don't know. I'm more of a Manning guy than a Rodgers guy, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that that has become pretty clear in the podcast today. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we'll get, we'll continue the conversation. We're going to look next week at more some big picture things. We'll obviously wrap up our thoughts on the draft on the off season and then look ahead to what could be coming in training camp. John and I agree on a lot of things. Will we continue to disagree? We'll have to find out, John. We'll have to con- find out if we keep disagreeing on things. It's more fun when we disagree. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to next week. Hopefully they trade for Rogers now in between then and you can uh, change your mind after it's gone through. Yeah, no, I'm, I reserve the right to do that. I could change my mind and be like, I love it. What a move by Peyton. Depends on what the trade is, I guess. But if they're giving up yeah. a million first-round picks, then I, I will sit well, here and hammer them for it. I promise. I you. think if if the we're talking about this a lot, but I don't think fans care because he's Aaron Rodgers. But and they're still listening, they, so they obviously care. Yeah, if um if the Packers traded him today, it would be a massive dead money cap hit. If they wait and trade him after June first, the cap hit would be like sixteen million less than if they traded him right now. So I think if they eventually do give him and trade him, it's not happening anytime soon. I think it would the earliest would be June. So at least until June, I think we're going to be able to keep talking about it. Oh, we can agree on this. It is a fun topic to talk about. It is great. It is tremendous, and uh, we'll keep doing it. And and among other topics, and we'll do it next week. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.